money because you don't want to procure all of this business funding and have to use it to just protect your brand against somebody else. You want to use that business funding for your business, in your business, not to protect your business. Hello, hello, and wagwan, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of the Legally Clueless Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shanice Bryant, aka Shy Vivia. And this podcast was literally created for the Legally Clueless Entrepreneur. You do not have to have all of the answers in order to start a great thing. Okay. I was once and sometimes I'm still clueless. Okay. And so this podcast was created to inspire and encourage those on their entrepreneurial journey while sharing a side hustle, a lifestyle and business gems. Now today's guest y'all, I'm super excited because I know ma'am is about to drop some gems on here. Okay. We first connected in a coaching program that we were a part of and I started following her and I was like, okay, this lady knows her stuff. So <laughs> without any further ado, let us welcome Natori Arundel, who is a business and brand protection attorney and owner of Legal Lux Law Group. Natori <laughs> provides a variety of legal solutions to clients ranging from Fortune 100 companies to startup companies. She specializes in providing business brand management, navigating complex contract matters, and serving as a fearless advocate to all her clients. Natori and her team pride themselves on being the legal voice of reason and securing the brand for her clients while also providing executive legal counsel for the modern CEO who deserves an exclusive concierge level experience. All right, so it's only right that I allow Unitory to, you know, introduce yourself to the audience because I may have missed out some important details and I don't want to do you a disservice. So welcome to the podcast, Unitory. Thank you, Shanice. Thank you so much. No, you didn't miss anything. Thank you for that, that warming introduction. And just thank you so much for, you know, sharing this space with me today. Um, like you mentioned, my name is Natori Arundel. I am a business and trademark attorney, um, helping startup companies and CEOs, just ensuring that the businesses that they're marketing, the businesses that they're working in and pouring blood, sweat and tears into that they're truly your business that you own it. So just, you know, making sure that I'm meeting my clients at every level of their entrepreneurial journey to ensure that their business is legally protected. So thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I love it. And I'm super excited to have you on here as well. And, you know, one of the things I want to know a little bit about your backstory, if you can just take us back a little bit, what was life before becoming an attorney? Oh, wow. Okay. So I started my, I decided to be a lawyer in high school. Um, prior to deciding to go to law school, I was pre-med, 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 pre-med. I said I was going to be a pediatric cardiologist. Got to high school, um, got into, you know, the science programs and the hands-on, um, I guess like pre-pre-med classes that kind of exposed high school students to the medical field. And they mm -hmm. said, okay, this, this, you know, this week we're going to learn how to draw blood. Well, they pulled out the needle and I almost passed out. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, okay, there goes that dream. So let me think of something else. So as I was, you know, my junior year of high school, 
my teacher was like, you know, hey, go, you know, be on the biomedical debate team. And I'm like, biomedical debate team. Okay, what is, you know, what is that? But sure, you know, no problem. Signed up for it, uh, you know, went through kind of like the mock trial and, and the debate process and realized, oh my gosh, like, I love this. What is this? You know, I had no idea what it was. I came from a background of doctors and business owners, but I did not know really like what was this area of law or what was this area of practice. And so talked with, you know, a um, um, like the high school counselor. And she said, well, you know, maybe you should look into, uh, you know, pre-law. That's kind of, you know, law debating and, and um, you know, um, debating your case and putting a case together and just proving your point. So I said, okay, you know, I'll look into it. I don't really know much about the legal field. I think I have some like long great aunts or uncles that may have been lawyers, but I really didn't have anybody in my immediate circle that was a lawyer at the time. Mm-hmm. So went through college, um, had a completely different um a completely different uh, major in college and then decided, you know, my parents went through a very nasty divorce. And so just watching how my mom went through that process, going through two or three different attorneys, and then at the end, actually uh, representing herself, you know, it really just kind of sparked a flame in me. Like, first of all, women need to know their rights in the law. And then two, just seeing how she was able to advocate for herself really was like the nail and you know the coffin like okay i'm going to law school went to law school um i have a daughter a two-year-old so that was another you know major driving force for me i wanted her to see you know women you know it's a male-dominated industry you too can you know make an impact and a mark on this industry went to law school with my two-year-old um was in a completely different field that i that i'm in um separate than what I'm in now. And my brother, my young, my younger brother decided he wanted to start a business. So he was like, hey, you know, you're the lawyer or the aspiring lawyer in the family. I want to, you know, trademark or he didn't know that the term yet, but he was like, I want to own this term. He said, I want to put it on some wristbands. I'm going to own it. So I was like, okay, let, you know, let me do some research. Let me look into it. We decided to trademark his wristband company so that he could sell it. And, um, he received a cease and desist letter. He received a cease and desist letter from a huge company, um, a well-known, you know, well-known TV show kind of tried to stop him in his tracks. And so at that moment, I'm like, no, this doesn't sound right. You know, I took some intellectual property classes in law school. You know, I have some friends in the industry. Let me, you know, do some more research because I think they're really just trying to scare, you know, the smaller fish is there, you know, the big fish in the pond. Did some research, realized, you know, it definitely was just a scare tactic. We fought through it and he was, you know, he ended up being successful. And so for me, it was just like, okay, how can I merge my passion for being an advocate for not only women, um, um, business owners, and then just my passion for the law and navigating and advocating for people that, you know, essentially don't have a voice of their own. How can I do that, but merge it with the transactional, you know, business side? So I sat down and I realized like, okay, you know, there's a, there's a niche here. Like there's a need for it as well. So really, you know, started to do my own research on the intellectual property field. As I was doing that, I was working for a fortune 100 company right out of law school, doing exactly the same work for them, uh, drafting contracts, negotiating contracts, redlining contracts, essentially all to do one thing. And that was to protect this big company. Um, So, you know, I wanted to just make sure that my, the the job that I was in, my brother could never 
afford to hire, you know, a lawyer at that level. So I really was like, I really want to be able to not only get more into this field, but actually be able to help people at the level that my brother was at, because I wanted them to have some type of resource that was advocating for them as well. And so after going through that, after leaving, you know, my job, I decided let me just branch off on my own, start my own firm so that I could be that voice of, you know, the entrepreneurs, the startup companies, just making sure that they're able to have the resources and um, a lawyer that can, uh, you know, speak to them in a way that they understand it, you know, that it's not just going over their head and they're just receiving an invoice. Like I have no idea, you know, what she's talking about, but being yeah. able to truly, truly teach people the importance of having some type of um, legal protection and a solid foundation when they are deciding to start their businesses. Because when, you know, even being a lawyer, when I started my business, I had companies before then, um, prior to going to law school, I was in the beauty industry. So I didn't know what I was doing. I knew the actual, you know, this is how I service my clients. I knew in, um, in esthetician school, they really teach you just sanitation and the theory. They don't teach you the business side. They don't teach you yeah. that, you know, when you decide to get a salon suite or when you decide to get a booth, you, you're going to need to know how to read these contracts. Or when you yeah. want to get these um, modalities and when you want to get your equipment, it's going to cost money, but you don't want to spend your money. They don't teach you how to get, you know, OPM, other people's money. So, but in order to do that, you have to have a solid legal foundation set up so that you can go to banks and get money so that you can go and get business funding. And I didn't know that. So I, I started my firm to be able to have that, you know, have those resources and just have that education to teach, you know, um, a startup companies or entrepreneurs as they were going through their journey so that they didn't have to make the mistakes that my brother made. And so they didn't have to make the mistakes that I made. That is amazing. Love Thank it. You. Love it. Yeah. Such an amazing story. And it's so inspiring. And one of the things I wanted to get back to as well was, um, I know you said that you, when you went to college, you were doing something completely different. What was that? Was that in the beauty industry or that was something else that you were doing in college? Yeah, so my undergrad degree was in retail supply chain management. So still within okay. the, the business side, but had nothing to do with law. You know, mm -hmm. I, my job, well, my dream job was to be in-house counsel eventually for Louis Vuitton. Um, oh, but, okay. You know, go, going through the ladder of, you know, starting at the store level, becoming a store manager um, of a big box retailer, and then becoming a regional manager. And then mm -hmm. eventually, if I did, you know, go into law school, then matriculating over to the corporate side of being representing once again the big players not necessarily even thinking about you know the smaller companies that have the potential to be a Louis Vuitton but they don't have the resources to get there yet right and so when you were helping your brother trademark his business you weren't even a lawyer at that time right I was I was yeah I oh, was, it was okay yeah it was I'd say it was right after I graduated law school. So mm -hmm. I was working in the personal injury field. Um, I still wasn't even in the intellectual property realm, but I had, I took classes in law school to kind of prepare me for it because um, I knew eventually where I wanted to end up. So, but yeah, I was. That's amazing. And, and that's such a great niche, right? Because mm -hmm. there's so many businesses today. You know, I myself, I'm still working on some stuff when it comes down to legally pr protecting like my brand, my business, those, you know, trademark and kind of stuff, but a lot more businesses I feel like need to 
know the importance really for protecting their brands, right? So I want you to get a little bit into why is it so important? I know you shared some things earlier, um, but I want you to share a little bit more about, you know, why is it so important for businesses uh, or business owners, overall entrepreneurs to consider protecting their brands? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you're, when you're starting a business, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, startup companies think, okay, I have to do the photo shoots. You know, I have to get my logos. I have to get my website. I have to get my products, you know, and they're thinking of the graphics. They're thinking of their color scheme. They're thinking of, you know, their whole brand identity. What do they want to be known for when somebody hears, you know, X company? Well, what would happen if you spent all of that money on photo shoots, you spent money on products, you got perfect labels to put on your products, you spent thousands of dollars on a website, and all of a sudden it gets shut down because yeah. your website doesn't have the proper disclaimers. Or you get a cease and desist letter that this time it's not a scare tactic like in my brother's situation. It's for real. You may not have meant to steal somebody else's brand, but your brand is too close to somebody that's already registered. Um, having to do a, a rebrand, I've rebranded my companies before on my own. It wasn't because I had to be forced to. You never want to be forced to throw all that money away, especially as a startup company. You have, you know, sometimes you have limited resources, you know, already. So having to um, involuntarily rebrand because you weren't set up properly, you know, in the beginning. And if that's your, like your baby, like this is my, this is my brand that, you know, I've burst and, and put into the world and, and having it taken away from you, you know, because you infringed on somebody else's brand or you know, on the other side, somebody may have realized, oh, wow, like they have a really good thing. This is essentially a ready-made business in a box. They don't know it, but I know that I need to get in contact with a lawyer and I know I need to trademark the name before they do. And they beat you to the punch and they essentially just take your whole business away from you. Wow. And you're left in shambles like, well, I started it first, you know, but you didn't protect it first. And it was just a, a lucrative hobby. It was not a business and it was not your business. That's that's so good. And it, it wasn't until maybe a few years ago, maybe five or so years ago that I really truly understood or started to understand what trademarking, you know, a business was right. And I've actually heard stories after that about companies who started businesses under a certain name and they just had to stop from using it because mm -hmm. another company came in and said, Hey, you know, this is ours, you know, and all of that. So that's so, so good. What are some of the steps that entrepreneurs can start taking to protect their brands? Great, great question. So I would say there's probably, there's, there's tons of steps that needs to be taken, but the first, the first, I'd say three or four things. One, definitely seek some type of, you know, legal counsel, not saying that you have to go and hire and put a lawyer on retainer, but at least try to schedule some type of consultation to make sure, hey, this is, this is something that I'm thinking about really investing in. Is it even something that, that is not only going to be lucrative, but do I have the credentials or even um, am I able to even embark on this journey? You know, a lot of times we, we fail to realize that there's sometimes that there's different, um, licenses that will need to do certain businesses or different uh, insurance policies that will need to be able to do certain businesses because you never want to put yourself out there and expose yourself, your, your level of exposure, your risk of exposure, you want to make sure that you're limiting that. Um, so just seeking some type of consultation. Um, if you can't, you know, uh, get a consultation or if you're like, hey, you know, I kind of got 
those boxes checked. I just have like a service-based business or a product-based business that, that's not necessarily a high-risk business. I would definitely say the first thing you need to do is make sure that your business is registered. You know, actually having a legal business entity, not having, you know, your name doing business as whatever your, you know, your brand name is. Making sure that you are actually registering it, whether you're registering it as a corporation, a limited liability company, um, a limited liability partnership, you know, just making sure that your business has its own identity separate from yours. And the reason being is because you never want your personal assets, whether, you know, you said a lot of your community, you know, they have side hustles while they're also working their nine to five. You never want your side hustle to open up your nine to five 401k or your salary um, to exposure because of something that went wrong in your business. So you always want to keep those separate. Um, yeah. And then from there, from there, after you have them separate, the second thing I would say is just to make sure that you have the proper contracts in place. You know, you are a business, so you want to you want to um, move as such. You know, you don't want to have handshake agreements. You don't want to have bits and pieces of text messages that you put together. You know, I always laugh and I tell some of my clients, you know, you never, if you went into court, if you went on, on, on Judge Judy's show and you said, well, Judge Judy, she said she was going to pay me on this day. And then she said, oh, you know, just kidding. And you show her your phone. She's going to look at you like, what is, you know, what is this? You know, you want me to scroll through your phone? You know, you don't have something in writing, like on actually on paper. And then, oh, these are pictures. And what's that? You know, it just doesn't look professional. So just making sure that we're legalizing our business relationships. And then after that, you know, um, Definitely just making sure that you own your brand. And that would be, you know, a trademark, making sure that anything that your brand is known for, your brand name or your business name, making sure that it's trademark and it's protected. That is so good. And, you know, I like to put, I like to emphasize, I tell my audience all the time, look, if you have a side hustle or something and you are making money, okay, and you know that this is something that you want to do for real, for real, you want to start taking it seriously, take that extra step and make that business official create that llc or whichever you talked about the Absolutely. different some of the different business structures right escort whichever and you know take it on the next step further establish that business bank account because i heard you mention something about funding earlier mm -hmm. and you know i talk a lot about funding mm -hmm. business funding and positioning your business for that one of the things right. that a lot of lenders are looking at is as simple even grants just the other day I shared a grant opportunity with my audience and one of the requirements was that you must have a registered business. Additionally, you must have a business bank account and a lot of lenders won't even lend you money if you don't have a business bank account. So that is so important and I'm so glad that you touched on that point about taking the extra step to making that yeah. business official. But I know that a lot of people are gonna probably ask this question though, as it relates to trademarking, right? What are some of the things that you can actually trademark? So I know that sometimes people may have, let's say they'll have an LLC and then they'll have a DBA under that LLC. Mm -hmm. Are you able to trademark that DBA? Yeah, yeah. Slogan or talk us talk yeah absolutely absolutely so that's 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 a question that comes up a lot you know do i need to trademark my llc or do i trademark my brand well 
your LLC is your business entity. That's just the legal name that allows you to operate within the state in which you are in. Your brand is your brand. That's the forefront. That's what people know you for. That's what people see when they say, oh, you know, my even for me, my LLC is one name, but they know me as Miss Legal Lux. And that's what's trademarked. So whatever is on the forefront, you know, if it's... Uh, your brand name, which could be your business name, but you never have to put LLC in your trademark, you know, that that's, that's not necessary. Um, but your branding, whatever, whatever marketing collateral that you have that makes your brand stand out to be what it is, those are things that you're going to want to trademark. A logo that you have, a slogan, your signature, you know, service offering, your, um, your best-selling product, your, um, sometimes it's even, uh, going a little further into a design, if you're a clothing designer, making sure that the design of your clothes is is uh, protected. That wouldn't necessarily be a trademark, but that is intellectual property as well. That's a patent. You know, just making sure that if you have, I'll have a lot of beauty providers um, that are some of my clients that have uh, formulas that have certain um, shampoos or conditioners or body butters, you know, making sure that your formula is protected. That falls all under intellectual property, just ensuring that somebody cannot recreate what you design. That is so good. So y'all have heard it. So intellectual property. So not necessarily just your LLC, but you can literally trademark whether that's your logo, what you're known for, slogan, DBA, whatever that is. That is so good. Because I'm pretty sure that a lot of people, you know, have that question. Yeah. Yeah. And when would you say would be the best time to file a trademark application? Because I know some people are thinking, okay, well, what if I just started this business? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just kind of like testing things out, testing out the waters. Mm -hmm. When would you say would be the best time to file a trademark application? So the very best time to file a trademark application is when you decide or when you realize that you're about to, or if you've already started um, investing in products, if you started investing in photo shoots, if you've paid or even uh, inquired with a graphic designer to create your logo, you know, think about it. Why would you pay a graphic designer to make a logo that you don't even know is something that you could legally use? You know, why would you, why would you promote a business to the world, you know, it's, I always say, and people laugh at me, it's copycat season. If you go down the bread aisle, you know, you'll realize there's five or six different types of uh, wheat bread, you know, it's copycat season. So you want to make sure that your brand is protected right when you decide to launch it to the world. Now, you know, I know it can be an investment. And sometimes, like you mentioned, um, uh, an entrepreneur may say, well, I don't even know if this is something that I really, you know, want to do. If it's if you're in that instance, then sure, you know, see how your sales are going, generate some revenue. And then if you realize, hey, this is a hit, I need to go ahead and protect this. You need to go ahead and do it before it's, you know, before it's too late. Um, like I mentioned before, you don't want to have to rebrand because once you put yourself out there and if people know you for this product or this brand name, you don't want to then confuse your audience, you know, by having to change your name over and over again, because when you decided, okay, yeah, I'm ready to trademark and we go to do a search, it's already taken by somebody. So really, really at the forefront, when you decide you're going to put your blood, sweat and tears into your business is when it needs to be done. That is so good. I'm so happy that I, I, I was able to have you on here today, Notori, because I'm yeah. telling you, you are dropping some gems. Yeah, today. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And I'm pretty sure that my audience are going to be so appreciative as well. Yeah, so. no problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy to help. So 
people are probably going to ask this, this question as well. You know, do I need a lawyer to file a trademark application? Okay. So legally you do not need a lawyer to file your trademark application. However, you need to have somebody with a legal background to at least one walk you through the process or to teach you how to file your application. You absolutely can file your own trademark application because it's literally, you know, you go online and you fill out, you know, the information. The issue that arises is that you don't know, or not to say you don't know, but you don't have the training that we get in law school to be able to articulate how to protect your brand properly. You know, there's there are certain parts in the trademark process that you really have to do one one step is a comprehensive search to make sure that there's nobody else uh, within the area that you're wanting to trademark on a national level or even on an international level that they don't have something that's the same name as yours, similar to yours, or something that would cause a likelihood of confusion. You know, that's the main reason for trademarks. You don't want to cause a likelihood of confusion within the marketplace. So just because somebody may not have the exact same spelling as your business, if it's closely related or similar that would cause some type of confusion, then it's going to cause a problem. So just being able to pinpoint those things, uh, being able to properly um, select the classifications in which you want to file under, uh, those are some things that you'll just need some guidance on. Um, so no, you don't need a lawyer to, to technically press the submit button. You can do that on your own. You just need a lawyer to be able to prep you to be able to confidently press the submit button. Wow, that's good. Y'all, let me tell you, literally, <laughs> I'm working on this now. Okay. So by next month, I'm having that application submitted. So absolutely. Yes. So earlier you talked about um you talked about contracts, mm -hmm. right? Are contracts that necessary in your yes. business? Yes, absolutely. Contracts are vital. Vital. Um, let me think of an example. So Okay, you are wanting to launch a, let's say you're wanting to launch, you're a service provider. So you want to launch your next coaching program, okay? And this time around, you're like, you know what? I want somebody else to put my slide deck together. You know, I'll give them the information, but I want them to put the slide deck together. Well, you go to somebody on Fiverr or you go to Upwork and you find somebody to work with, um, or if it's somebody locally, you find somebody to work with. You give them all this information, right? You're literally giving them your whole syllabus. You're giving them all of your work product. And you're like, hey, this is about to be my $10,000 program. I want you to help me put it together. And they're like, okay, sure, no problem. So, you know, they send you a, a PayPal invoice, you pay the PayPal invoice and that's it. There's no contract in place. Well, they turn around and they give you, you know, they give you your product. And then a few weeks later, you look online and they've now launched the program that they helped you create because you did not have a non-disclosure agreement. You know, you didn't have an independent contractor agreement stating that, that, Anything that I talk to you about is in confidence. It's in confidentiality. It's under a confidentiality clause. You cannot disclose wow. anything that I've talked to you about that, that I'm asking you to help me with. Um, that's just, you know, one example. Another example could be, let's say uh, you book a photographer for a photo shoot and the photographer is like, okay, sure, you know, it'll be on this date at this time. So, you know, us women, we get our hair done, we get our nails done, we get our makeup done. We probably have a stylist to get our outfits. We show up to the location and the photographer is not there. 
and we're calling and we're like, oh, we don't have a good number for them. So we're like, okay, we found them on Instagram. We'll go to their Instagram page, send them a DM. Hey, I'm here. Where are you? And they're like, oh yeah, I meant to tell you I couldn't make it or I forgot or I had the wrong date or I had the wrong mm -hmm. location. So you're out thousands of dollars, well, even hundreds of dollars because you pay for the photographer, you pay for the location, you pay for your hair, your makeup, your stylist. So you're ready, but how do you recover your money if they're like, oh, sorry, you paid a non-refundable deposit, right? But you're not here. You know, how are you giving me the service? Well, if you had a, a service agreement or a photography agreement in place, stipulating the expectations, stipulating the date, the time, the location, so that there's no miscommunication and no confusion, you saved yourself time and you saved yourself a headache. But without a contract, you're left trying to just argue with somebody that's already not even there. That is so good. And so, you know, for me personally, I'll, you know, full transparency, it's only been maybe the past year or so that I started to truly take contracts seriously within my business, especially after you know, launching more of a higher ticket program, you know, because it's important because people will make stuff up, <laughs> you know, all they the will time. make up their own <laughs> rules and, and, and all of these things, policies. That's why it's so important to have it in writing, right? Mm -hmm. Having all parties signed. So that is so, so good. Um, tell us a little bit about some common mistakes that you have come across in this industry. Oh gosh. <laughs> you probably pick, you probably uh <laughs> have come across a lot um, of them, huh? The 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 main one is that you know my business is too small to need a lawyer or my business is too small to be legally protected. You never know. You get Shark Tank, for instance. They probably thought their business was small, you know, going on and pitching and thinking, oh, I didn't get picked, you know, or the person that gets picked and then the next day you're on shelves you know you're in wow. front of thousands of individuals but in order to do that you want to make sure that you own what you're trying to pitch to the world you know so my business is too small that's when you truly need a lawyer because you're going to be up against not only when, when we have a lot of disputes in my industry it's not smaller companies against smaller companies you know it's not the mom and pop shops against each other it's the mom and pop against the big corporation and they have deep pockets they have resources they have time and availability to fight you until you essentially just decide to say to just back down that's all it is that they just they can over over lawyer you overpower you if you don't have your foundation set up if you have your foundation set up they're going to look at you and they're like oh, okay well she has her stuff together you know their program is, is is put together so we really can't bully them because we have no standing so you know just again just starting at the beginning your business is not too small that's when you truly need it um another misconception i would say is probably that uh, along the lines of contracts like oh this is my friend i don't need a contract like i trust her you know or i trust him or you know this is a family member or this is my business partner we've been best friends since kindergarten we don't need a contract you know you need a contract <laughs> you need a contract if people if people will sign prenups because you know in the event that we don't spend the rest of our life together why would you not take your business that seriously as well if you're gonna if you're gonna give a loved one your your significant other a prenup you need to give your business partner a prenup as well you know a contract and especially if it's somebody you don't even know you know how do how do you i got trust issues so <laughs> you know i have trust issues so 
we're going to limit my trust issues in a contract. So that is so good. And it's interesting that you say that, you know, about, you know, friendships and all of that. I've had uh, this friend uh, for we've been friends for maybe like eight years or so. And just yesterday, as I'm growing my coaching program, I'm partnering with her on it and I trust her and everything. And she's also like that. She is like, you know, to the T when it comes on to having things in writing and all of that. And, you know, we signed a contract, even though we've been friends for all of this time, you know, we talk all the time. I trust her. She trusts me as well. We mm -hmm. still agreed to sign a contract because you just never know, you know, you, it's business. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's business. Business is business. I will have you sign a contract for our business because it's also about properly positioning yourself. The way that you run your business is how people will respect you. If you're just, you know, oh yeah, I'll, um, you know, I'll do that for you. It's X amount. And then also it's to protect your clients as well. You know, I don't feel comfortable and I'm sure you may not even feel comfortable if you're paying somebody over a certain amount. I typically say this isn't, you know, the amount, but I typically say $500 or more. I'm going to at least want to see something, you know, even when now when we get our hair done or we get our nails done and we go on these booking sites, they have, you know, disclaimers and policies. That's a form of a contract. You know, yeah. you're agreeing when you submit to book this service and pay this fee you're agreeing to their terms and conditions so it's not to be a bully it's not to just say hey i just don't trust you it's just saying hey this is business and i have to protect my business interests and then once we sign the contract we can leave go go for drinks tee and ha ha and and it be you know mm -hmm. it's fine but business is business exactly and you know there's a saying that says how you do one thing is how you do everything absolutely, so, absolutely. that's so good now, what advice would you like to leave with our listeners, you know, and viewers who are planning on launching a business or, you know, who have already been building a business? Yeah, I would definitely say for the ones that have already been building a business, it's never too late to get back to the basics. You know, if you are building your business, you want to make sure that you can continue to confidently build your business, you know, so just take a step back, do a legal audit of your business to see, okay, you know, what are some things that I'm lacking? Where, where are some areas of legal exposure? You know, we all are legally exposed at some point in our, in our careers and in, on our journey. So just taking a step back to see where exactly are those areas of exposure and how can I limit my risk? How can I limit my exposure? Um, and for those that are just starting that are about to launch a business, please, please, do not launch your signature offering. Do not launch your business until you at least speak with someone to make sure that you don't have risk, you know, or that you're limiting your risk. Because on day one, you launch. On day three, you've made money. You know, you had a five-figure launch. And then on day 15, you're getting a letter from somebody. Or day 21, you see somebody has recreated the exact program that you have. So just make sure that you are um operating you know doing big business and and doing business the smart way you know especially if you're at the beginning you know it's easier to just start you know have everything that you need and and do it the right way than having to stop go back and then you know backtrack to get everything fixed that's so good and you know i know some people are saying though i don't want to take that extra step it may cost the you know extra money but I'm sure that you'll agree that it's best to just take that extra step now to properly protect your business rather than waiting until later in the future. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The cost to rebrand 
or the cost to even fight somebody for your business and for your brand is going to far surpass what you would have to pay, you know, now to just make sure that everything is worth it. Wow. Yeah, that is so good. So I like to ask this question, you know, because I believe that we're all unique in our own way. We all possess some type of quality that, you know, make us stand out from everybody else. Right. So I want to know what makes Notori stand out from the rest. What would you say is your your superpower, maybe? Oh, goodness. What is my superpower? Hmm. <laughs> my superpower and this can go personal and professional but my superpower is definitely I guess would be I can see through the smoke <laughs> I can see through I can you know just speaking with people listening to stories I already my mind is already working like okay I see an, a, a possible issue here or okay now I see a possible issue there or hmm that doesn't sound right. We need, you know, let, let's run that back again and, you know, and, and discuss that. So definitely it works well in my personal life. Definitely works great in my professional life because when I'm using my superpower, I can just say, okay, stop. That's not correct. Let's just, or that's correct, but there's going to be an issue. So it definitely allows me to help my clients kind of look into the future and, um, stop issues before they become issues or at least to just think ahead like okay you know it may not be an issue now but this is something that we need to you know we really need to just jot down and remember later on down the road so yeah i can i can see through the smoke <laughs> that's amazing i love it and i guess that's why you're a lawyer right <laughs> that superpower works perfectly together so how can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about the services that you have to offer Sure. So if you have social media and, and, and sorry to cut you, but, you know, no, you talked okay. earlier about trademarking, you talked about, uh, you know, all of these things as it pertains to legally protecting your business. Do you provide those type of services? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything that I mentioned today, my firm provides, um, you know, helping you uh, start your business, helping you uh, trademark your business, helping you make sure that you have the proper contracts in place for your business, um, whether uh, making sure that your intellectual property is protected, whether that is a trademark, like we mentioned, or whether that's a patent, you know, if you have some type of apparatus or um, design, if you're a clothing designer, all of those things that I mentioned, we can definitely assist you with. Um, but you can definitely find me if you do have social media. I am Miss Legal Lux. It's M-I-S-S-L-E-G-A-L-L-U-X-E on um, Instagram. Um, I have um, YouTube. And then you can also go to my website. It's www.misslegallux.com. Um, again, that's M-I-S-S-L-E-G-A-L-L-U-X-E.com. Um, I'd be more than happy to sit down and discuss anything, um, any questions or concerns that you have, you know, whether you're a new business owner about to launch, you know, your business and you want to make sure that you're confidently launching your business, or if you, you know, you've been in the game a while and you just want to make sure that, uh, you're legally protected or limiting your areas of exposure, you know, I would love to sit down and talk to you also. 
Awesome, awesome. And I will definitely have Notori's information in the show notes, her Instagram, her website, all of that good stuff so that you all can get connected with her. You all, she shared so much gems in today's episode, and I'm sure she's going to be such great help to your business. So definitely go follow Notori. Thank you, Shanice. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Notori, it was such a pleasure having you. By the way, additionally, I want to mention that if you want to hear more from Natori as well, she will be a guest speaker at our upcoming three-day Prepped and Primed for Business Bootcamp, where she will be dropping some more gems on protecting your business. And you will also be learning from other industry experts about how you can better position your business for funding, build your business credit, and business credibility. Absolutely, because you don't want to procure all of this business funding and have to use it to just protect your brand against somebody else. You want to use that business funding for your business, in your business, not to protect your business. Exactly. So you don't want to miss it. All right. I will have the link as well to register in the show notes. Well, until next time, beautiful people, it's a girl, Shai Bivya. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to follow this podcast, like, and share this episode. Ooh.